0: Psalm 因为你与我同在 你的葬,
1: Well, hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. In the midst of still being online, we have several of what we're calling limited strategic gatherings for our church. Last weekend, we had one of those, which was our first drive-in gathering where a bunch of you showed up And then we ended up having 41 baptisms. It was an incredible evening together in spite of 112 degree temperatures. Well, our next drive-in gathering is going to be expanded to two nights so that we can have more of you come. It's going to be September 19th and 20th, so mark your calendars and be part of that. And for those of you who would like to have an in-person worship experience... We're opening our Midtown location in a couple weeks. This is an RSVP-only service because we're very limited in the number of people we can have in the room, but we'll have live worship and the same message that you're getting at home. Well, it, it was several years ago. My family went to Hawaii for vacation, and we hiked the Nepali coast together. The Nepali coast is one of the most difficult and challenging hikes on the islands, Because of the rains, we could only go a few miles in before the trail turned into this rushing river that was too dangerous to cross. There were portions of the trail that were so narrow and treacherous that you had to watch every step you took so that you wouldn't fall off the mountain. But at the very end of that trail, you finally get to a secluded beach where the water is crystal clear and nobody else is there. But there's only one way to get there. It's through the valleys and rivers that scare most people away. We're walking through the 23rd Psalm in this series that we're calling Lack Nothing. If you're like me, you feel just unsettled right now. You can't even quite put your finger on it, but everything just feels off. I'm part of a Zoom call with with other pastors every other week. And these guys lead churches ranging from 5,000 to 35,000 people. We started this Zoom call when when the shutdown happened so that we could learn from each other and share ideas on how to navigate this season. And a couple weeks ago, there were 17 guys on the call. And one of the pastors asked the others, how many of you feel the most discouraged you've ever felt in ministry? and 15 of the 17 hands were raised in the air. My guess is that in your circles, the number would be pretty similar. Here's what David writes in Psalm 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The section that we're looking at today is the exclamation point, if you will, on the 23rd Psalm. Usually we think of the climax coming at the end of the story. But in Psalm 23, the beginning and the end of the psalm point right to this verse that we're looking at today. Here's what I love about the Bible. The Bible never tries to lie to us. It never paints a picture of reality that is inconsistent with our experience. We come off some really powerful truths about the provision of God in Psalm 23 the care of God, the path that God leads us down. And then it takes a turn. And here's what David writes. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, it's assumed that you and I are gonna walk through the dark valley. It might be an illness. It might be a divorce or financial crisis. It might be a death of someone that you love. This is the dark night of the soul, the season of life that is so difficult that you just feel hopeless. This is that kind of where are you, God, moment. This verse is literally translated like this, the valley of the deepest darkness. Maybe that's how you feel. One of the things that I love about David and the Psalms is he gets brutally honest with God about his emotions. He doesn't try to sugarcoat them. He says things like, where are you, God? Will you forsake me forever? How long do I have to wait? When are you gonna destroy my enemies? It's one of the reasons why we can relate to David. What this passage teaches us is ultimately you and I will find ourselves in the valley of the deepest darkness. Now the shepherds, the shepherds would take their sheep from from one place to another to find green pastures, which means they would often come to a dangerous part of the journey. There is an actual valley of the shadow of death in Israel, and every shepherd knows about it. It's, It's this narrow path on a mountain range that has jagged rocks, and the path, it's incredibly steep as you go downward. This valley, it's about five miles long, and in some places, the path is so narrow that the sheep can hardly turn around in case they face danger. Here's the thing about the Dark Valley. It's a section of the trail that cannot be avoided. There's no bypass road. There's no detour ahead. The only way forward is through the valley. However, David does not say, well, this valley is where the trail ends. You better get used to it. This is just the way it's going to be from here on out. Rather, it's a part of the valley that we all pass through at some point, but the journey does not end there. Some people who go through loss allow themselves to get trapped in the dark valley. They cannot move forward, and they are convinced that God has abandoned them. So let me just stop here for just a second because this is where some of you are today. You're going through something and it's convinced you that God either does not exist or he does not care because if he cared, he, he wouldn't let this happen to you. Being a follower of Jesus does not mean that you get to avoid suffering and hardships. It means that he is with you in the midst of the suffering and hardships the good shepherd leads you through the dark valley he does not leave you in the dark valley it would be the in these dark valleys that the bandits would often hide in the caves along the route they would steal and kill the herd that may help you understand the next part of this verse where he says even though i walk through the darkest valley i will fear no evil. For most of us, the biggest problem in the valley is fear. But but here's the thing. It's the fear of the unknown. Usually it's not the fear of the moment. We can handle that. It's the fear of the unknown that cripples us. It's all of the what-ifs that just seem to overwhelm us. There's two things that help us to navigate the valley that are found in this passage right here. And here's the first one. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. This doesn't mean that you enjoy the valley. It's not what it says. But we don't have to be afraid of the valley either. We might be anxious, but we're not gonna live in fear. And here's the reason, it's right here. For you are with me, you are with me. And this takes us back to John 10. In John chapter 10, Jesus says those other shepherds, those other leaders, they will abandon us. When the wolves come, they run, they leave us. But Jesus, the good shepherd, he will not leave us. So the promise here is not a life without pain. It is that in our pain, regardless of what that pain is, he will be with us, which means that if this feels like the darkest moment of your life, you've not been forgotten. You need to hear this. He is with you in this valley, in this shadow of death. He is beside you. He has not left you. All the other shepherds, they will abandon us. Think about the other shepherds we tend to follow. Think about these things that we tell ourselves that 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 we begin to follow these other shepherds. We tell ourselves, well, just having more money will finally satisfy my soul. And this becomes the shepherd that we start to listen to and that we start to follow. There's, There's this old car commercial. Maybe you remember it. It says, you can't buy happiness, but now you can lease it. We instinctively know that money doesn't make us happy, but it becomes one of those things we chase after. It's like the verse in Proverbs that says that when you pursue riches, that it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. Has that happened to any of your money? Or or maybe the shepherd that you find yourself following these days is the shepherd of physical health. However, there's not enough spinach and blueberries. There's not enough yoga and workout strategies that can save you from the day of trouble. There's nothing wrong with trying to be healthy. In fact, I hope you're doing that. It's a good thing. But eating only organic food and using essential oils does not keep you from the deepest, darkest valleys. Jesus says, unlike those other shepherds, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In the darkest valleys, there's a couple of guarantees. First, that he will be with you. And then here's the second one. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They comfort me. Let me explain the difference between the rod and the staff. Now, the rod was was like this small club that the shepherd would use to defend the sheep from wild animals and thieves. And, And the rod, it would be about two and a half feet long, and it was usually made out of a small tree trunk where it joined the roots. And what the, what the shepherd would do is he would, he would pull this tree out of the ground and then he would carve the roots until it made this rounded head at the end of the rod. And the shepherd would, would use it to fight off a predator that, that he had. And he also learned how to throw it with amazing accuracy and speed. Can you imagine getting hit in the head with that kind of club? That's the rod that David talks about. Now the staff is completely different. You know what a shepherd's staff looks like. It's a long skinny stick with a hook on the end. And it was about five feet long. And the shepherd would use it to navigate the sheep through difficult terrain. If the sheep fell into the water, then the the shepherd could fetch him out. Or if he got tangled in bushes or thorns, he could free him. The shepherd's staff is not for defending the flock from some predator, but for caring for the sheep as he leads them daily. This is the picture of the good shepherd, that Jesus is going to fight for us while guiding us through difficult terrain, that he is going to protect us and gently assist us in our daily struggles. Unfortunately, We have to go through the difficult seasons to grow. I wish this weren't the case. I wish it were through all of the fun seasons and all of the good seasons that we grow. But it is those difficult seasons that shape us if we will let the the shepherd lead us. One of the most difficult seasons of my life happened when, when we moved into not this building, but our original building about 15 years ago. I ultimately, at the end of all of this, it was just a dark period of my life. And and I ultimately went to a week-long counseling center for pastors. It was a place called Blessing Ranch. And it was a painful time of self-discovery. But it was that season that God shaped my character perhaps more than any other season of my life. You probably found the same thing in yours. We're in the middle of our 21 days prayer. We do this every year, but if there's ever a time for us to come together and pray, it's now. It's right now. The first week, we focused on caring for our soul and how to find replenishment. Then last week, we looked at the character of God and why you can trust him with your life. This coming week is all about what God does in us when we serve and pray for others. School starts tomorrow. I mean, this is a school season that is starting unlike any other school season in history. And so, we're going to spend some time this week praying for our students and parents, for our teachers. We're going to pray for frontliners and first responders this week. And we'd like to pray for you as well. Maybe you have something that you're going through, and it feels like that deepest, darkest valley. We would love to pray for you. If you just head right here to the slash prayer, you can submit a prayer request. And you can see other requests that you can pray for. Maybe one of the things that would be most powerful for you is for you to engage praying for other people who are struggling. The promise of the Christian life is not that you won't go through the darkest valleys. You will. The promise is that you don't need to fear them because of this. He is with you, and he will comfort you. That's the promise, that Jesus is with you, and he will comfort you. He will fight for you. He will guide you along. So the question is, are you turning towards Jesus to find comfort, or are you running to something else? Are you running to alcohol? Are you running to pornography? Are you running to other relationships? I'm not a stranger to loss and betrayal. I've had those dark nights of the soul. And we can begin to believe, here's what we tell ourselves, well, if if I'm just good, nothing bad will happen to me. Or if God really loved me, he wouldn't let anything happen to me. It's just not the case. Here's what we learn. We don't choose the valley, but our response determines whose voice we are listening to. We're not promised a pain-free life. If you've ever gotten married, you're tempted to think of your vows like this. Well, I'll take for better, for richer, and in health. I think I'll skip that, in worse, for poorer, and sickness. We don't get to choose the valley, but we do get to choose our response and the way that you respond is an indicator of who you're listening to and who you're following. Isn't it true that, that you see what someone else is going through and you think, "Man, I'm glad that's not me. I could have never have gone through that." Because God gives you the strength to go through what you're going through, not what someone else is going through. I walk through the darkest valley, we don't remain there. We follow the good shepherd and we pass through the darkness. I've given you a key word each week. In the first week, our key word was to ask, to ask the Lord to be your shepherd. Week two, the key word was replenish, that if you're weary and carrying heavy burdens, then you are invited to rest and replenish. Last week, it was to follow. Follow that when you follow Jesus, he always leads you on the right path and that is the path that leads to freedom. Today's key word or today's key words is just this, fear not. Fear not. In the darkest valley, Jesus promises to be with you, to fight for you, to guide you through it. You don't get to choose the valley, but you get to choose which shepherd you follow. I want to close by reading Psalm 23 out of the message translation just so you can hear it a different way. Here's here's how it's said here. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head, my cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. That's the shepherd we follow. That's the shepherd that you are invited to lean into. And so I'd like to pray with you. And maybe, maybe right now you just find yourself in the deepest, darkest valley. Maybe you just find yourself just unsettled and you can't even, you can't even quite just put your finger on why that is, but nothing feels right. And my encouragement to you is not to run to these other shepherds that we think are gonna satisfy us, but to run to Jesus. To fear not, you have nothing to fear when the shepherd, when Jesus promises to be with you, to fight for you, and to guide you. So let me just pray with you right now. God, we thank you for for just these words that, sustain us. God, these incredible words that you preserve for us and they speak right to where we are. God, the truth is there is a lot of us that are going through a dark valley and you never promise us that we won't go through the dark valley. You promise to be with us as we walk through it, not to leave us there, that you will never forsake us, You will never leave us, but you'll be with us. And so, God, I just pray that for everybody who is listening right now, that they would feel your presence, they would feel your power in their life. And, God, I want to pray for those right now who may not be a follower of Jesus yet. And maybe there's been a barrier for them. Maybe it's been a painful season of their life that's just they just thought, well, I can't follow a God like that. God, I pray that they would begin to see you in a whole different light today. So God, collectively, wherever we find ourselves, we surrender to you. We submit our lives to Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.